Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Powder Blue Review. Today's show is brought to you by Untuck It Men's Shirts and Manscaped Men's Grooming. Now, as always, guys, follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. And you might as well go ahead and follow the Twitter podcast handle as well. That's at PB Review Podcast. And if you haven't gone over and checked out BoltsFromTheBlue.com, that is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog, where I am the deputy manager. We have a great time over there. Guys, congratulations. I hope you guys are feeling wonderful, as good as I am. This is the first back-to-back Victory Monday that we've been able to celebrate this year with the Chargers. And obviously, they walked away with a pretty handedly uh, 26-11 victory over the Green Bay Packers. And I mean, even the 26-11 final score uh, doesn't do the game justice, if we're being quite honest. I mean, the Packers could not do anything whatsoever this entire game. And I think at halftime, these Packers had 50 yards of total offense, which is the second lowest total offense that uh, the Packers have put out in Aaron Rodgers' career. Um, as he's been the starting quarterback. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. There's so many good things that came out of this game. Um, It was almost surreal to even be watching because it felt like this wasn't the Chargers team that we've been watching for the 2019 season. I mean, it was almost surreal with their consistency, the rhythm on offense and defense. It just seemed like a different team. And it probably had a lot of people thinking that they replaced more than just the offensive coordinator, but um, seemingly that was it. And this team looked like a good, good football team. So I'm excited. I'm excited going into this uh, Thursday's game against the Oakland Raiders. And then you've got the Mexico City game against the Chiefs following that before the team's bye week this season. And, uh, you know, there's not much anything else other to say than that uh, we're we're feeling good it's it's time to celebrate i hope you guys you know enjoyed and celebrated appropriately and um uh you know i think we as chargers fans really deserve this one i you know even after you know the missed kick last week to um this overwhelming victory over the packers i think we deserve this so um guys it's going to be a good show as always we are going to recap the game give you my thoughts any injury news whatsoever and then finish it up with this week's surge or static players from week nine. So without further ado, let's get into the show. So the Chargers really took it to the Green Bay Packers in this matchup, obviously won 26-11 in considerable overwhelming fashion. And uh, like I said before as well, the team on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, the rhythm was there, the play calling was there, and the execution was there. Um, Looking back at the game, there's honestly not much I could nitpick if we're being totally honest. I mean, I I can't really think of anything that I would say, man, that was such a stupid idea. You should have done this, which, you know, that's been easy to do this season so far. Even in the two wins prior to this one, it was easy to go back in those games and be like, well, this kind of sucked. You know, they could have done this differently. That was a stupid play call, whatever. I honestly can't find one of those thoughts, one of those negative pessimistic thoughts about this game. 
And, you know, maybe that's what happens when your, your team that you believe is is a good team finally beats another actual good team. You know, uh, you know the team's three and five now. They just beat a seven and one Packers team with Aaron Rodgers, who's playing at an MVP level, at, at a level that we are used to seeing Aaron Rodgers play at. So it's absolutely phenomenal. Now, looking back at some of these numbers, uh, obviously going over the Chargers first, as usual, Rivers had a very clean game, did not throw a touchdown, but also did not throw an interception. He was very efficient, 21 of 28 passing for 294 yards, which actually puts him now in the lead for NFL uh, passing yards with 2,609 yards, um, just above Tom Brady, who I believe has 2,500 in like 30 something yards. So he's ahead by a good, you know, 60, 65 yards in that category. And uh, Melvin Gordon had the game of the season for him personally. 20 carries, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had three catches for 29 yards, putting him over the century mark, four yards from scrimmage. And Austin Eckler, in his complimentary role, also rushed the ball for 12, or, excuse me, 12 times for 70 yards. Also caught four passes for 23 yards. Didn't need to be the athletic receiver that he's been over the last couple games. Uh, Keenan Allen still, you know... The team's won back-to-back games, but Keenan Allen hasn't really been a big part of that. Uh, Three catches for just 40 yards in this one, and obviously he was overshadowed by Mike Williams' huge day uh, through the air, who also had three catches but was able to turn it into 111 yards receiving, which is actually Mike Williams' first career over 100-yard receiving game, which is kind of incredible. I mean, he scored all those touchdowns last season, but never, ever, ever crossed over that 100-yard threshold. So congrats to Mike Williams on that achievement, and hopefully we see you know a few more of those games uh, throughout the rest of the season. And Hunter Henry led the team in receptions, uh, second on the team in receiving yards, seven catches for 84 yards, did not find the end zone again, but he's been as reliable as it gets. He's been an awesome outlet, move-the-chains type of receiver for Phillip Rivers. Over the last three games that he has played and since he's returned, it's been awesome. You know, the tight end has been such an important part of the Chargers offense for some time. And we've been lucky enough that we went from Antonio Gates to Hunter Henry. And, you know, Hunter Henry isn't the game changer, you know, one man army that Antonio Gates was in his prime. I mean, who knows where, where, where Henry's going to go from here, but he's about as good as it gets, you know, as someone who's going to follow up the Hall of, future Hall of Famer Antonio Gates, leader in tight end touchdowns for a career, I'd say we're pretty lucky as Charger fans. Now heading over to the defensive side of the ball, Denzel Perryman didn't finish the game. Um, he had he, he got rolled up on. I, I saw it and, and winced pretty bad because it, it didn't look too good, guys. He, uh, his, he had someone land on his knee that was bent a little weird. And uh, he, I think, was helped off. I'm not sure if he walked off or over his under his own power, excuse me, but uh, did finish the game with a team high five tackles, tied with Desmond King, uh, and a tackle for loss. He may be out this next game, but if that is the case, then we will look towards likely um, rookie Drew Tranquil to take over those reps on defense. Uh, moving on, we got Desmond King again, tied for the team lead with five tackles, one tackle for loss in this one. And then you've got the dynamic duo in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Joey Bosa, four total tackles, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackles for a loss, while Ingram just with one tackle less at three, but also had one and a half sacks and one and a half tackles for a loss. This pair was phenomenal. And I can't say that enough. They looked like Finally, in this game against the Packers, what everyone in the NFL thinks the duo of Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa should play like. 
And quite frankly, with the tirade that Joy Bosa has been on since he got pissed off after the Tennessee Titan game, um, if he continues this and Melvin Ingram continues to play synergistically off of him and Gus Bradley continues to scheme these guys uh, and play games with each other on the same side of the ball, lining up there uh, prior to um, the ball being snapped, it's only done good things. You know, nothing bad has come from Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa lining up on the same side of the field. You know, whether one's at the DT, one's at defensive end, or vice versa, uh, it's been phenomenal. And I cannot wait to see what else Gus Bradley can do to continue this tirade for Bosa and Ingram. Because, you know, they'll definitely need it against what has come to be a scrappy Oakland Raiders team in general. I mean, they're finding their groove on offense. They're finding their groove on defense. They're they're putting up enough points to win games. They obviously just won a close one, 31-24 over the Detroit Lions, who, if you guys remember, did beat the Chargers in week two. So they're a team that can win. They beat the Bears as well. They beat the Lions. Um, they stay close with the the Chiefs for a little bit at the start of their game. They beat the Broncos to start the season, who obviously beat the Chargers. So there's a lot of things going on. And in general, it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a close game. This is probably the last, it is actually the last game that the Chargers will be able to travel to the Coliseum to play the Raiders. So even if we have, you know, all these locked up negative feelings about the Oakland Raiders, we don't like them. They are a divisional opponent. Um, you know, even some people probably consider it a hate week, you know, can't stand Raider fans. Um, they're the absolute worst, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've heard all the stereotypes and even Anthony Lynn said it in his uh, press conference today um, that he's been hit with a battery and beers and all that kinds of stuff um, when he used to play the Raiders. So, you know, it's not a surprise that they, they, all the stereotypes are true about the Oakland Raiders and it's going to be an intense, intense game. And honestly, if you were me, you're really, really excited. The holidays are almost here and you know what that means gifts and what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right unlike most brands untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked untucked shirts always fall at just the right length no matter his size so he looks casual and sharp shopping for shirts can be so frustrating and if you're like a bigger guy kind of like me you know i'm, I'm 6'3 you know about 200 uh, we'll call it 40 pounds at the moment, and uh, maybe you've been a former athlete, maybe you used to do some, some heavy lifting, something like that, where your body isn't just like the normal shape of people. So you go in, you try on a bunch of shirts that unfortunately maybe fit your shoulders, but don't fit your waist, or fit your waist, and they're too big on the shoulders. Just something like that. It's just, it, it gets to be so frustrating that you never even want to go out of your house to even try shopping. Now with Untucket, I haven't had this issue. Honestly, it's just kind of click, point, buy, and I'm happy. It is phenomenal to be able to just pick a shirt that looks good and fits good, and then there's nothing else to think about other than that. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T. Com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, I know 
it's not normal for everybody, but at least once in your life as a guy, you've probably tried to to pretty up your undercarriage, right? And it's it's difficult. You've got to hold things just right. You got to flatten things out, uh, and then you got to have the hand-eye coordination of a surgeon to make sure you know nothing's nicked or, or just treated wrong. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And make sure you use the code BLUEWIRE. On the other side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers, there's obviously not much to talk about. It was a very underwhelming game for Aaron Rodgers and company and their plethora of offensive skill position players, all dynamic in their own right. So um, taking a look at the numbers, Aaron Rodgers finished 23 of 35 passing for 161 yards and uh, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Aaron Jones, who's been a big part of the reason why they're seven and one, um, finished with just eight carries for 30 yards and a catch for negative one yard as well. And obviously, you know, the carries weren't there because the, the team found themselves down I mean, it wasn't necessarily they were down early because it was just field goals, right? Um, they were down three to zero to six to zero to nine and zero, and then twelve to zero, I believe it was. Um, so they still could have ran the ball, but they seemed to be in you know a little bit of an early panic mode, which uh, forced them to feel like they needed to throw the ball a little bit more. And plus, you know, the Chargers' defense was pretty overwhelming, pretty suffocating. So. Uh, not much there for Aaron Jones, but on the other side for uh, the other running back, Jamal Williams, two carries for 10 yards, but did have the lone touchdown catch on the day, caught six passes for 39 yards and the late touchdown from Rodgers. Uh, star wide receiver Devonte Adams came back against the Chargers. He missed the previous four, I believe. Still has yet to find the end zone, even after this game, finished with a team high seven catches for just 41 yards. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I was super worried about being able to take the top off this defense. He has uh, incredible speed and height, kind of, you know, the Packers version of a Tyrell Williams. Uh, Nothing, no catches, no yards, Um, didn't see any work in this game. So again, just another, uh, you know, tip of the cap to the Chargers defense. Jimmy Graham, their tight end, you know, I was worried about this one without Derwin James because although Jimmy Graham hasn't been, uh, you know, he's not in his prime anymore, but the main defender going up against him was Desmond King. And, you know, 6'7 against 5'10, 5'11, you know, I would probably put my money on that 6'7 guy, but didn't do much of anything. Caught four passes, but only took it for about 17 yards. And that's because every time he got the ball, it was usually a flat route. And when he was able to turn around and try to stick his foot in the ground to gain yards, Desmond King was there undercutting him. And that's exactly how he needed to play a 6-7 tight end. Now, uh, former Iowa State wide receiver and former Urbandale football player in Iowa. So this is kind of a, you know, it was a cool thing to see. Alan Lazard was the number one receiver in the class of, I want to say, 2013 or 14 from Urbandale, Iowa, um, which is near where I lived in that state. Um, Three catches and led the team with 44 receiving yards. He's been uh, really good for Aaron Rodgers lately. But again, there wasn't much of anything for anyone 
on that offensive side of the ball for the Packers. Defensively, though, Blake Martinez continues to just rack up tackles. He was the leading tackler in the NFL prior to this one, and he led the the entire game with 12 total tackles. And obviously, because the Packers spent the majority of the time on defense, the Chargers had uh, a huge advantage in time of possession and kept the Packers back on their heels um, pretty much the entire game. Uh, the Smith brothers, we talked about one of the best edge duos in the NFL coming into this one. Zadarius Smith finished with eight total tackles, had half a sack and half a tackle for loss. While Preston Smith had seven tackles, he had a full sack and a full tackle for loss as well. And Kenny Clark, who was one of the more underrated defensive tackles in the league, uh, was quiet in this one. He only had four total tackles, no other disruption to um, talk about. And to be honest, it wasn't until someone tweeted halfway through the game that they hadn't noticed Kenny Clark that, you know, it made me remember, oh, Kenny Clark is on this team. Yeah, that's then, you know, that's even more impressive that the Chargers were able to keep Clark under wraps and keep him from having any sort of impact. Before we head into surge or static and get this whole thing wrapped up, uh, just a couple things of note. Um, Melvin Ingram passed Sean Merriman for sixth all time in sacks as a Charger, San Diego and Los Angeles Charger, obviously, um, with his 44th sack, um, which, you know, is surprising in two different ways. Uh, one, I thought Sean Merriman had more than 44 sacks, or I would have assumed so with the Chargers and through Melvin Ingram's, Ingram's career, pardon me, I would have thought that he had more than 44 sacks already, but anywho, Congrats to Melvin Ingram on passing Sean Merriman with 44 career sacks. And then the one injury of note besides Denzel Perryman, I know we kind of noted on that earlier, is that right tackle Sam Tevy um, may or may not be a full participant in practice this week. He's probably going to be limited. And, uh, you know, he, he hurt his knee, I believe it was, early on in this game and then spent most of the game or the rest of the game, excuse me, not playing and did not have his helmet. So, um Trent Scott filled in, did an all right job, but, uh, you know, heading into this game against the Oakland Raiders, it would be, you know, preferred to have Sam Tevy as the right tackle instead of trying to force Trent Scott at a, you know, a different position that he's used to or even played uh, this entire season. All right, now finishing up as always with this week's surge or static players of the game. First and foremost, how can we not talk about Joey Bosa once again? So he was a menace for Aaron Rodgers from the very first Packers drive of the game. On the very first third down of the day, Bosa used an inside move to beat Packers elite left tackle David Bakhtiari. Now, this was also the first play that he and Melvin Ingram lined up together on the same side. And uh, the defensive play call would go on to bring two more sacks for the duo, having them lined up on the same side. That is, uh, and now they actually on the season have more combined sacks when lined up next to each other than they do when lined up on separate sides. Bosa has essentially stayed true to his word after that loss to the Titans and has been nothing short of phenomenal over the past two games with multiple sacks against the Bears and the Packers. Uh, He'll likely look to get after Derek Carr on Thursday night, who may actually be without their starting right tackle in Trent Brown, who did sustain a minor injury uh, this past Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Now, on the other side, we just talked about, you know, the first part of the duo. Well, we got to talk about Melvin Ingram in this one as well. And this was exactly the type of game that Ingram needed to play for the Chargers. Uh, Desperately needed it, honestly. And up to this point, Ingram has been sort of a afterthought in the Chargers defense. Didn't do too much prior to um, his injury and then missed the last couple weeks. And against the Bears, 
you know, didn't show up a ton either, but this is the type of Ingram uh, the Chargers need going forward. And, and I talked about it a little bit heading up to this game that, you know, I didn't think Melvin Ingram's been playing well enough to be prioritized when his contract uh, expires here in the next year or two. But if he continues to play at this level, then yes, I do believe the team has to prioritize trying to keep Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa together for the foreseeable future for as long as they possibly can. And thirdly, this is actually the first time he's also been on the uh, sta- uh, excuse me the surge list, and that is running back Melvin Gordon. Gordon, pardon me, Melvin Gordon. In what was obviously his best game of the 2019 season, Gordon went over the 100 yards from scrimmage mark and ran for two scores to help put the Packers away before the final quarter ever started. So it was Steichen's first game as the Chargers' new OC, and the Bolts ended up rushing for 158 yards on 38 total carries. Both Gordon and Eckler rushed for at least 70 yards with Gordon topping 80 and Eckler getting to right at 70 yards. Both averaged also four yards per carry or more. You know, I don't know if it was the new play caller or what, but Gordon looked about as good as he had, has ever looked, honestly, in in this one. And as the game went on, he seemed to get stronger. And and he mentioned that in a uh, a talk with the media before that, you know, he needed when he needed more than eight carries, you know, he needs more throughout the game because he gets stronger as the game goes on while everyone else gets tired. And he kind of proved that in, in this one, at least he was collecting, you know, four to five yard gains at will. And hell, the highlight of the day was him hurtling that Packer defender, which was really cool to see. It was actually way smoother than you probably expect. So, you know, if Gordon can sustain this type of play, then, you know, there might actually be room for both of these running backs, him and Eckler, you know, on the team. But at the right price, I do have to finish it with that. Now for our static players this week, guys, uh, you know, I, I talked about it earlier. I can't really think of too much negative in this one. So I actually only have two static players and I could probably find a third one, but I don't really want to nitpick on this. You know, it's, there's going to be, just two on this one because it, you know, power of positivity. My wife actually challenged me to tweet only positive things during the Chargers game. And and thank God the game went the way it did or else it would have been a tough Sunday afternoon. So starting off this static section, we have safety Rayshon Jenkins. Now, I don't know what the issue was with Jenkins. I do not understand why he did what he did to collect that penalty that thankfully didn't uh, let the Packers score on the Chargers or, you know, help let that shift momentum um, away from the Chargers. But he was not good. Rayshon Jenkins just had two tackles on the day um, and he was very unnoticeable until that uh, penalty. And so it was a third and let's see if I can find it here in my notes. It was a third and 14, okay, with 8-11 left in the second quarter where Rodgers had an incomplete pass and all the momentum was still with the Chargers and they were about to get the ball back because the Packers were needing to punt. Well, um, for some reason, he just like got in the face of a Packers player. I don't know what was said. I don't know what was done. I think I saw Rayshon grab the Packers player, uh, his face mask, and just got way too rowdy for absolutely no reason. So I would expect something, maybe some sort of punishment from Lynn going forward. Um, you know, we'll have to see about that. But uh, it allowed the Packers, it gave them an automatic first down. And luckily after the penalty, um, they only got uh, one first down and then they were forced to punt again. So no points came out of it whatsoever. But 
For a guy who's barely been playing at, you know, what Lynn would consider an elite level, he does have two interceptions on the year, but has missed quite a few tackles. Uh, you know, it just wasn't good. I don't know what he was thinking. He's not one of the best players on this team. He shouldn't even be starting, in my opinion. And uh, if he does anything like that again, I wouldn't be surprised to see him benched. Almost effective immediately. So, uh, Rayshon Jenkins, number one. Number two, I just have offensive tackle Trent Scott. Now, Tevi was uh, hurt, and Trent Scott played, I think, you know, roughly three-fifths of this game. And on the second charges drive of the game, they marched right down the field once again. Tevi unfortunately got hurt, and uh, the Chargers found themselves in the the red zone. But right when they got into the red zone, they got a penalty, and then they got sacked. And that was because Trent Scott couldn't keep up with one of the Smith brothers, and he went right around him for a sack. Now the first sack of the day was a coverage sack where Rivers literally had all day in the pocket to find a receiver, but to no avail, ended up being sacked. This was the first one that the offensive line actually got beat for. I believe it was Preston Smith. Don't quote me on that. But Trent Scott did not look that great in this one. He did just enough to survive, and hopefully he's able to kind of kick it into gear and get used to being on that right tackle prior to the Oakland Raiders game. Uh, the Raiders pass rushers haven't been all too great. Their first round pick in Clellan Farrell, I think only has one sack and I think nine total tackles on the entire season. So he hasn't been that much of an impact player. Arden Key, another pass rusher for the Raiders, I believe is done for the year. I think he broke his foot against the Detroit Lions. So they will be a little thin at pass rusher, kind of the way the Chargers are thin at defensive backs and a couple other positions. So uh, that is some good news for the Chargers if Trent Scott is forced to go at right tackle. That about does it, guys. Um, I'm doing this again on Monday evening. You guys will have this out. Be listening on Tuesday morning. Um, hopefully you're still celebrating because, you know, who cares? Victory Monday can, you know, stretch into Tuesday because, quite frankly, we deserve it. So thank you guys once again. This was episode 32 uh, you know, it feels like, you know, it was a blink of an eye and, and, and we're here from episode one. So can't appreciate it enough, guys, wherever you're listening to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple podcasts, you know, subscribe, five-star review. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Don't be afraid to hit me up on Twitter again at zone tracks, um, on there. Uh, I had a really nice comment actually, before I leave you guys today, I want to read this. This was really nice from a follower who actually was a fan of the, podcast before he actually joined uh, the team here at Blue Wire. And um, it was just very, 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 very nice. So um, I just want to shout out to Draga Beats, D-R-A-G-G-A-B-E-A-T-S. Just said, looking forward to the Victory Monday pod, my favorite Chargers podcast by a mile. And not just saying that because I'm working with Blue Wire. I was a fan before joining the team. You were highly recommended on a couple of Facebook pages and the Chargers Reddit page. I didn't even know I made it to the Chargers Reddit page. That's phenomenal. And you know what? When I get stuff like that, I want to share it with you guys because you guys, you the fans, you guys who decide to listen to me week in and week out are the reason that I get to do this and are the reason I get to hear nice things like that. And so when I hear nice things like that, I want to bring it back to you guys and just let you know that I really, really do appreciate you because I could be, you know, doing nothing and bringing nothing to the content world of the Los Angeles Chargers. But because of you, the listeners, the fans, just like me, I get to do this podcast and live a little bit of a dream. So once again, I appreciate it, guys. This was Michael Peterson on the Powder Blue Review, and I will see you guys later this week.